Today we are starting a new series on friendship. Uh, to quote Andy Stanley, your friends will determine the quality and the direction of your life. Let me say that again. Your friends will determine the quality and the direction of your life. It's true in so many ways, your relationships tell your future. Uh, Solomon said it like this in the book of Proverbs 13:20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. The friends you keep determine the quality and the direction of your life. Uh, relating to fools is not the only kind of source of relational trouble that our generation faces. Uh, many people in our culture also suffer from a lack of genuine relationships. And I believe that's more of a, a failure to walk with the wise in meaningful ways. We are connected to a volume of people like never before, through social media, uh, at the swipe of our finger. We can peek into someone's life and see what they've been up to. But do we know people as deeply today? Almost intuitively, most of us sense that there's something missing in our relationships. And this lack of walking with the wise in genuine ways leaves a void in our souls. And while I am not anti-social media in any way, shape, or form, I think it contributes to this relational need that we face today. In fact, some aspects of social media could be described as walking with fools. Uh, some people will say something on social media that they would never say in real life. They will repost something that they would never say in real life. The problem is, you just said it. And people can read it. Uh, even your employer can, can read it. I caution uh, youth when I did youth ministry. You watch what you put on your social media page because someday you are going to be looking for a job and it is not wise to repost every cute, smart, funny, political, sarcastic thing you see out there because it might come back to bite you. Sociologists in our day describe a couple types of poverty. Uh, one of them we're familiar with, and it's the material poverty. We're familiar with it. It's the lack of resources for life, food, shelter, clothing. There's also spiritual poverty, where a person does not have hope in their soul. But the one that I think our culture wrestles the most with is relational poverty, and it's the slack of genuine relationships. There can be people all around us. You can have 800 friends on Facebook, but long to have a deeper sense of being known. Many young people today long for genuine relationships. With the number of broken homes and the lack of mentors, with, with like skin on them, within reach. This relational need is growing in our culture. Jared and I were supposed to go on the missions trip uh, to Jamaica uh, in a couple of days. And I was so looking forward to getting away with, with Jared and spending some time with him in another culture. 
but I know what's gonna happen because I, I've done it before uh, on a missions trip with, with a team. Uh, the, the team gets to see the material poverty of like a third world country and it will break your heart. Uh, things will go through your mind on a missions trip like how do these people get by with so little? They don't even have, and fill in the blank uh, of the things that we have, they, they don't have them. But on the same trip, what missionaries experience is a spiritual and relational intimacy that they are not familiar with because of our culture. People in developing countries don't have anything else to put their hope in. In those cultures, relationships mean something different. They mean more because it's all they have to put their hope in. Oh, they still have issues. They still have relational issues. But what happens to those who go on a missions trip is that they come back after experiencing a new level of relational and spiritual depth in another culture. And they come home and keenly feel the relational poverty in all culture. Uh, on multiple levels, we see something missing in our society, a, a society that is about entertainment and getting things done and keeping moving. But here's the good news. It doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to be functioning in a relational poverty way all the time. The good news is, you may be one, if you're taking notes, you may be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. It's that big of a deal. We can see this truth in our lives. We can see it in the Bible. Solomon's words again, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and you will get in trouble. Uh, here's an example from scripture, uh, from the Bible, of one relationship, one friend changing the destiny of someone else. This is from Acts 9, 26 and 27. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on his way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. Saul comes to the apostles' connect group, and he's like, hey, can I join your connect group? Hey, can I join your small group? And they're like, no, 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 that's not gonna happen. Like a couple days ago, you were killing people. Christians, you are not invited to our connect group. We, you can't teach this, the lesson. We don't even want you bringing the snacks. You just keep your distance, you are not invited. And that's when Barnabas steps in. One friend, one wise person stepped into Saul's life and God used Barnabas to change Saul's destiny. Saul, who also is known as Paul, spoke boldly and thousands 
came to know Jesus. He would eventually write over half of our New Testament. His life and writing has literally changed millions of people's lives through the course of history. And it happened because one friend stood by him and changed his destiny. That might be true in your life as well. Who, who was it that introduced you to Jesus? Who, who came alongside of you? Who, who invited you into their connect group where relationships took on a whole nother meaning? Solomon's words, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Often, God uses people who aren't like us to influence us and come alongside of us. If you are a youth here today, maybe it was a parent or a grandparent or an older youth worker that came alongside of you and showed you Jesus. I often hear more mature believers. Uh, I didn't say old, I said more mature. Uh, I often hear more mature believers say this. You know what? We did our time. Let the younger people do it. No, D don't bow out now. God has taught you things. Your friendship could change some young person's destiny. Your wisdom, your experience needs passed on to the next generation. Don't bow out now. Somebody's destiny might be changed because of your friendship. And you younger folks, I hear younger people say all the time, you know what, I don't really know enough yet. Uh, I don't have the time. Listen, if you love Jesus and you're willing to be available, you qualify. It, 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 it's not, you don't need a PhD in biblical studies. You don't need a master's of divinity. You have to love Jesus and be available. And if you're available and love Jesus, God will use you to invest in lives of other people. This morning, I wanna kinda of take a peek into King David's life in more depth because I think in King's da King David's life, we see a couple snapshots of the relationships that we all need and that God wants to foster in us so that we can give back to someone else. So number one, again, if you're taking notes, we need friends that see us for who we can become. And I wanna look at 1 Samuel 16 this morning a little bit. Uh, then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? Now, remember, Samuel was looking at all of Jesse's sons to anoint the one that would be the new king of Israel. There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Notice, they didn't even call him in to be considered because he was the runt of the family. He's still out in the fields. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David from that day on. 
At first, if you remember, as Samuel the prophet was looking at Jesse's sons, he saw Jesse's oldest son, big, strong, kingly looking man. And the prophet said, this has gotta be him. This has gotta be the one. But God told him, I don't see how other people see. I see the heart. God allowed Samuel to see in David what he could become. Samuel anointed a boy as king, as if to say to David, I can do more through you than you could ever imagine. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him. I believe we all need friends in this life who see what we can become, who see what God is calling us to be. We, we don't need friends that see us how we used to be. We need people in our lives like Samuel who hear God's opinion of us and are willing to act on it. Those relationships make us better. Those relationships build us up. They speak God's truth into us. This is so practical just for everyday life. Listen, if you want a better marriage, Hang around people who speak well of their spouse and have great marriages. Associate with the wise and you will be wise. If you want God to, to make you a better husband, better, better wife, don't, don't hang around people that trash on their spouse all the time. Find some godly men and women who love their husband and their wife and God will make you wise. It will change the course of your destiny. If you want to take better care of your body, the temple of the Holy Spirit, don't hang around with the donut eating club. Like it will not work. Uh, I had a friend uh, years ago that said, listen, if, if you hang out in a barber shop long enough, you will eventually get a haircut. If you hang out with fools, it's just going to eventually happen. But remember this, it's not just about you. Invest your life in others. It goes both ways, or at least it should. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We need friends who see what we can become, and we need to be a friend who sees in others what they can become, what God is calling them to be. Number two, we also need friends who help us gain spiritual strength. David had a friend named Jonathan who did this for him. After he was anointed king, David became a hero. Uh, he was mighty in battle. The spirit was upon him. I am sure all the young ladies thought he was cute with his beautiful eyes and dark skin. But people, people started to sing songs about him. Uh, the song was, Saul killed his thousands, but David, his Tens of thousands. Now, I hope you don't want that song sung about you, um, but Saul gets kind of jealous. The spirit had left this mighty king, and it was on this boy, David. And Saul gets jealous, and he decides in his heart that he's going to kill David. 1 Samuel 23. One day, near Horish, David received the news that Saul was on his way to Ziph to search for him and kill him. Jonathan, 
went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith. Now, you remember, Jonathan was actually Saul's son. And he went to David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith. You need, I need friends that encourage us to be strong in our faith. When things are bad, we need someone beside us who encourage us to stay strong. Having the nation's leader on the hunt seeking to kill you is called having a really bad day. And when you're having a really bad day, you need a friend who encourages you to stay strong in the faith. I am so thankful that when I have a bad day, I have people that text me, write me, Facebook me, and say, hey, I'm praying for you. You just don't know. If you need anything, I am there. You don't know what that means. It means the world to me, and I covet your prayers more than anything. The question is, do you have that? I'm not talking, you know, are you a Christian? I'm not asking, do you listen to the Christian radio station? I don't, I don't care if you have a cross from 1980 when you were on fire with Jesus. Do you have people in your life who are there for you, who can speak strength of God's spirit into you when you're having a really bad day? Because if you don't, you are one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. And again, it's not just about you. You need to be that kind of friend too to other people who are having a really bad day because their destiny depends on it. Number three, we need friends who will tell us the truth. Nathan did this for David. If you remember, uh, David sinned with Bathsheba, and then to try to cover up the fact that he committed adultery, he had her husband, Uriah, killed on the front lines of battle. David went from being the man after God's own heart, so passionate in love with Jesus, love with the Lord, to breaking God's heart and putting the whole nation of Israel at risk. And David didn't see the gravity of his sin. And we often don't, right, when, when we're trapped in it. So God sent Nathan to go and tell David the truth. And he did it through a story. And he told the story about this little sheep who was victimized by this mean person. And he got David, who was a shepherd and used to watch little sheep, all fired up and all emotional. And then Nathan dropped the hammer on David and said, you are that man. You're him. You're the person that took that one little lamb. It's you. And in that moment, David saw his sin. And God broke him. This afternoon sometime, read Psalm 51. And it's David's prayer and his confession before God because of his sin with Bathsheba. It is absolutely beautiful. When was the last time you had a friend who loved you enough to speak the truth to you? Has a friend ever stepped in? Do you have friends close enough that could step in and say, hey, you don't want to go there? 
You're gonna hurt your marriage. You're gonna hurt your ability to show other people Jesus if you continue on this path. All of us need friends who know us and love us enough to speak the truth to us. Do you have that? If you don't, you could be one friend away from changing your destiny. Some of you may need friends like that right now. Your friends reveal your future. Who, who are you hanging around? Who would you call your friends this morning? Are, are, are they people who are walking with the Lord? I'm not saying we can't hang around people who don't know Jesus. All of us are called to hang around people that don't know Jesus. But who are your confidants? Who are your friends? If they are people whose lives don't line up with the word, if you're walking around people that don't have integrity, you might think, you know what, I'm, I, I don't do, nor I'm not gonna do any of the things that they do. Solomon would disagree. He would say, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Show me your friends and I promise you, I can show you your future. Maybe you need some new friends. I came to tell somebody, you need to watch who your friends are because it can change your destiny. You may be one friend away from saving your marriage. You might be one friend from becoming the parent that you always know and knew and, and know that you could be, that God's calling you to be. You might be one friend away from being more generous. You might be one friend away from overcoming some addiction. Our friends reveal our future. Some of you might be one friend away from meeting Jesus who will stick by you closer than a brother. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for your word and for the way that uh, you have put people in our lives, God, and you, you make those intersections and our paths cross with people, God, and it's just a divine appointment. And Father, there are so many people who, who long for a greater relational depth in our day and in our culture. And this morning, if, if you're thinking, you know what, that's me, I'm, there's just something missing, I'm kind of lonely, I need some friends, um, I just want to offer a prayer for you this morning. God, I pray that if there are people in the house that, that just need some mentors and some relationships with, with skin on them, that, that God, that your spirit would work that out, that people would cross their paths, and God, that that maybe there's someone here that needs, needs to trust people again. And they've shut people out and put up walls and they're suffering in their spirit for it. And I pray, Lord, that, that you would take those walls down this morning and as you provide those friends that will stick closer than a brother, that they would be open, that you would change our destinies, God, because of those friendships in the name of Jesus. And God, there might, 
only be just one person here that, that realizes that they need you as their friend and their savior. And if I'm just speaking to one, God sent his son not only to remove all those barriers that we created between us and God by our sin and our brokenness, but to give us the spirit who will live inside of us and draw close to us and counsel us. And this morning, if you would like to give your heart to Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit to draw near you and change your eternal destiny with every Eye closed and head bowed. Would you raise your hand? Okay. One. Would everyone pray the prayer on the screen with me together so no one's praying alone? Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me and he rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could serve you for the rest of my life. Thank you for new life. Today I give you mine. Thank you for being my friend. In Jesus' name.